Okay, so today we're going to focus on the um, on finishing uh, step 10, which is so powerful. And we're going to be looking at the third paragraph in step 10. And I thought I would, of course, review the first two paragraphs because step 10, 11 is how we live in prayer, meditation, and inventory and stay connected to God and improve our conscious contact, right? And how we uh, keep that vision of God's will alive each day and how we connect back to God when we're separated from God. And, you know, I know a lot of people, uh, I don't know about what other people have, but what I have requires me to do this all the time. And when I do it, I have a life of peace and when I don't, I get disturbed. And whose fault is it? It's my fault. Because I choose not to connect back. On page uh, 84 in step 10, it says a few things that are really powerful. In just one paragraph, it tells me I have to continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as I go along. I have to continue to inventory my thinking and set right any new mistakes in my thinking as I go along. And if I set the thinking mistakes right away, I won't have to make too many amends. And so uh, you can look at it from, from your actions, making amends for your actions, but I look at it that I want to set right my mistake in thinking, my separation from God as soon as possible. And some days I do it much better than others and, but I'm, I recognize now that I have to do it all the time. And it says, we vigorously commence this way of living. So my way of life in AA should be continuing always to take personal inventory of my thinking and set right any new mistakes in my thinking. And this is, this is my way of life. And as I clean up the past, we're in step nine when we start step 10. Uh, it says the promises come true that are read at every meeting and those promises are as you're working step nine. And as you work step nine, and you've, uh, you've done the work up to that, it says uh, you're now gonna begin a new way of living to continue to do the inventory of your mistakes while you're making your amends. And if you do this, it says you've entered the world of the spirit. And I think that's the goal, is to enter the world of the spirit, and then 10, 11 tell me how I stay in the world of the spirit. Now, I have two choices each day or every moment. Am I in the world of the Spirit or am I in the world of Michael? Now, I know when I'm in the world of Michael because I'm back in me and, and I'm bothered or I have a little fear or I'm judging and impatient. And then I have to stop and say, I want to get back in the world of the Spirit because that's where there's peace. So this is, uh, the, the guy wrote the book, The Power Now, but AA wrote that in 1939. How do I stay in the now with God right in the moment? And if I'm in the moment with God, I can't be afraid because that's in the future. And I can't be angry because that's in the past. And it says, my next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness in the world of the spirit. So the understanding of the world of the spirit is the prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with God. And the um, effectiveness is how am I going to carry his will out. And it's just, that's my whole goal each day is what's God's will for me and how do I carry that out? And it says, this is not an overnight matter. It should continue for a lifetime. I have to do it all the time. For me, it's minute by minute. 
I still remember Andrew from New York. We were in the Wednesday night meeting. We were over in the little room, and we were talking about this. And he made the point that as soon as the uh, 747 takes off, it's off course. And the whole flight is just about the pilot correcting course. And that's how, how we are. We have to just correct our course all the time. Sandy Beach talks about how when he was a pilot, they would make these noises, duh, 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 if you were separating. If you're with, with uh, uh, your own course, it went zzz. He says, you're almost always not zzz. You're always either here or here. And, uh, I don't know if that's true, but uh, he makes the point that he spent the whole time correcting, and that's what we do. And, in step 10. We're always going to be self-centered. We always are going to see things initially through self-centered eyes and then we have to correct the course and stop. And we're lucky because if you're in the world of the spirit you can recognize when you're off course. When you come in AA, if you haven't done the steps, you think you're on course when you're disturbed. Uh, and so, uh, uh, and then you discuss that with other people and they tell you you're right to be disturbed. You know, your resentment is, is justified, and, and uh, it goes on and on, and that, that doesn't work. That doesn't make us uh, closer to God, doesn't give us peace. And if we're not angry, then we're afraid. Or, or we're afraid and angry. It's, it's no way to live, uh, and I don't want to live that way anymore. And then it says, I continue, because I've started, I continue to watch these four words, selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. I watch for that, we talked about that. I don't wait for that, I try to watch for it. And I try to see when it's coming, so I stop right away. I don't wanna stay off course. So I can get selfish and I can get way off course with my selfishness, or I could stop right away. It's my choice. When am I gonna stop? When am I gonna recognize it? Now, uh, if you haven't done the steps, it's hard to recognize that. But having worked the steps and doing this for years, I know when I'm getting kind of selfish and I have to remind myself. It's like, uh, I don't know if you have uh, higher powers at home. I live with one. She's great, but she'll have an idea about to do something. And I go, oh, I do not want to do that. And then I say, sure, honey, no problem. And, and it works better when I do that. I guarantee it doesn't matter what she's asking. And it sounds silly, but we all do that, right? We have ideas about what we want to do, and then people have their ideas, and so I have to watch, and I have to watch for my dishonesty, uh, dishonesty in so many ways. My motives, am I playing God? Am I running the world? Am I, am I being true about my motives? Am I trying to be kind when I'm just self-seeking? Um, there are a lot of ways that we're dishonest besides just stealing or, or being uh, untruthful. Uh, and the other thing I'm dishonest is when I'm living on lies and I believe them. Uh, resentment, we all know anger when I'm bothered, judgmental, impatient, intolerant. Anybody ever been there? And I have to watch as soon as I start, somebody bothers me. I know I could be off and running. And you'd be, you're, you're, I'll be, I'm proud of myself. I went to Walgreens quite a bit this week. I waited in line. I didn't have a problem. I said, I let people go in front of me. I just, uh, I was Mr. Spiritually Fit. But then I went to High V, and that was another matter. But then uh, we did, you know, you know, High V doesn't let you check them out and, uh, uh, yourself or something. And so my wife likes Dylan's because she can check it out. And, 
But high V, uh, you know, they were a little slow, but you know, I got over it. Um, and fear, fear is constant. I, I, I uh, uh, fear is something that's always been part of my existence. I didn't realize it. Just afraid all the time, not being good enough, being judged, uh, want approval. Um, but fear, uh, I, I try not to uh, uh, choose to stay in fear anymore because it's a complete waste of time. It's never true. Never happens. But I still have to fight fear of pleasing people, fear of approval, and not being approved, fear of not people liking me. That's, that's been part of my personality my whole life. That doesn't go away right away. But I have to recognize that when somebody does something and then I immediately want to please them even when they're wrong, uh, or their, their, their opinion may be different than mine and I want to appease them, I have to stop and say, well, gee, you know, they're entitled to their opinion, but that doesn't mean I have to do it, which is a big thing for me. I don't know if any of you can relate to that. It, when you can stop and you can say, well, they have a good point, but, you know, that's not necessarily I have to change anything for that. Uh, that that's hard. Uh, when these crop up, not if, when they crop up, I ask God at once to remove them. And that means that I can recognize them. And asking God, and we've talked about this before, goes back to the book of James. And asking is a, uh, with faith, is an expectation it will happen right away. And I will tell you, whenever I ask God at once to remove them, they usually go away pretty quickly, very quickly. And uh, then if they come back, I, I ask God again, and they go away. It, it, it's I guaranteed for me it'll work. Why I don't do it right away, I don't know. Uh, that's the riddle of my existence. But I do it much quicker than I used to and much more often than I did. And so, and I can see progress. Uh, we discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if I've harmed anyone. So I discuss any of these things if they, if they take hold. Uh, I can discuss it with someone. I shouldn't keep it to myself because usually I'm seeing it wrong and they'll see it differently. And then and then the powerful is I resolutely turn my thoughts to someone I can help. I have to turn away from my self-centeredness constantly to who I can help. So as soon as I start getting off the beam, what I should do is say, God, remove this right away and then turn my thoughts to who I can help. Well, when I was at work, it's choose the next thing to do. And at home, what can I do that's positive? Uh, who can I call? Should I go to a meeting? Uh, can I help someone? I get out of self. And so it's, it's uh, watch, ask, discuss, amends, and turn. Wad it, W-A-D-A-T. And that's how you live. And if you live that way, then you stay in the world of the spirit. Now I'm going to tie that to the recovered promises in the next paragraph because it all ties together. And I didn't see this for years. And it says, love and tolerance of others is our code of living. So I'm going to live a spiritual life if I'm loving and tolerant. If I'm loving, I, I, if, I, if I bring love in every situation, it'll be okay. I heard that from someone, it's so true. And love is the greatest thing that's in Corinthians. And if tolerance of others is the whole deal, everybody's a human being, we're all children of God, we all have our spiritual fitness, practice consideration, tolerance, patience, kindness. If I do that, my days are great. So if, that, if I do all that, 
then I've ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. So I'm at, I'm at peace most of the time. I'm not in conflict with everyone. And then I will have sanity. I will be able to see the truth about alcohol if I'm in the world of the spirit and I'm doing this all the time. I'll be seldom interested in liquor. If tempted, I'll recoil from it as from a hot flame. So I have a lot of power now, access to power in the world of the spirit. I don't get powerful. I'm either separated from the world of the spirit or in the world of the spirit. If I'm in the world of the spirit, I have access to God's power. If I'm in the world of Michael, I don't have any access. And so I don't want to stay separated from God too long because I don't know when, when I won't recall from alcohol. Now, it may, be, it may take a while the longer you're doing this, but it'll happen eventually. It's guaranteed without, uh, I can't, no defense from a human power. It must come from God. And then I react sanely and normally, and this will happen automatically. And I'll do that, besides with alcohol, I'll do it with situations in life. I'll react sanely instead of getting pissed off because somebody in front of me in line, I'll just, just stand there. Or if somebody's bothering me, or if I'm getting afraid, I'll just, I'll react saying, I say, it's not true. I need to be loving and tolerant. Save me from being angry or bothered. How can I be helpful? How can I be loving in this situation? And then this new attitude towards liquor and to life has been given me without any thought or effort on my part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. It's a miracle because I can't produce it myself. I'm not fighting it, nor am I avoiding temptation. So... I don't, I don't have to fight alcohol anymore, which is a great gift. And, and now, uh, not having to fight alcohol, I can look at my character defects and I can look at my personality and I can try not to fight that. And I can try to be the person God created and do six and seven all day long. And it says, I've not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. And any problem I have can be removed if I'm in the world of the spirit. Because if I'm in the world of problems, I'm not in the world of spirit. There's one or the other. Am I living in the problem or living in the solution? You've heard that at a lot of meetings. Well, I think what they're saying is, am I, am I living in the world of the spirit with God or am I living separate? There's only two places I can be. I'm either the world of spirit or the world of Michael. And they can't exist at the same time. And so I'm either one or the other. It says, we have not been sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for me. Now, what happens is if I see something's a problem, I decide I have a problem right here, right now. This is a problem. Then I just say, well, stop. I don't need to see it that way. God, help me see it differently. Help me get close to you. And then it's just a situation. And then I say, God, how do I handle the situation? And the problem's been removed, and now it's just a situation. And how do I do it? Do I accept it or do I change? What's the right action? But when it's a problem, I'm on my own because I don't have God directing me how to solve that problem because I've decided it's a problem. I didn't realize that for a long time. And so all I want is situations. What's the situation? God, okay, this is happening. What do I do now? And we're going to get that. That ties together with page 87 when we pause. So I have to pause at, at, any, at any problem and stop and see it as a situation with God and then what's the right thought or action. Now, I read all that because it says that was their experience. Well, it's my experience too and others in the room. But here's the key. This is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. 
So the whole deal, the whole point of, of, of AA, the program, the 12 steps, is to keep me in fit spiritual condition so I react the way I would in the world of the spirit and not in the world of Michael. So then you would say, well, good. I want to stay in fit spiritual condition. Anybody think that's a good idea? Anybody think it's not a good idea? Good. So you could say to yourself, what am I doing to keep in fit spiritual condition? But here's, here's the deal. Here's what they did to keep in fit spiritual condition. And you hear a lot of things at meetings and the fellowship and a lot of slogans. But what did they do? What was their experience to keep in fit spiritual condition? One, they admitted they were powerless over alcohol. They admitted that their lives were unmanageable by them. The first step of recovery was they conceded to their innermost selves that they were alcoholic. The delusion, like their other people, uh, had to be smashed. Then the second thing was they came to believe or willing to believe that there's a power greater than themselves could, that could restore them to sanity, that could show them the truth about alcohol, that could give them a power to live. Why? Because they didn't have any power. What was the third thing they did? They made a decision not to play God. They made a decision that God was going to be the director and they weren't going to direct their lives. Now, they felt better just doing that. I felt better when I did that. But it, it says it, it won't, unless followed at once by a, uh, a course of action, it won't have any permanent effect. So then they took inventory of their stock and trade, their mind. They looked at their personality. They looked at the manifestations of self, because self was killing them. And they wanted to be rid of selfishness. And the manifestations of self are anger, fear, and poor conduct, and shame and guilt. So they looked at resentments. They looked at the prayer for resentments. They wanted to forgive everybody they were angry at. And they looked at their mistakes and their thinking. Not very complicated, is it? Then they looked at fear. Fear was, was with every resentment because they were afraid of these people and threatened. And then they looked at the fears based on self-reliance, like money, you know, job, house, relationships. And they saw that whenever they're relying on themselves and not God, they were afraid. And they said, how's that working for you? So they said, you have to live a different way. Trust in God, right? And you have to have courage and faith. And then you have to stay close to God and let him demonstrate through you how you can be. And then you say, God, remove my fear all the time and direct my attention to how I should be. And if you be the way God wants, loving and tolerant, then your life will be okay. And then they looked at their sex inventory and their conduct inventory and they they looked at where they had harmed others and where they were selfish and jealous and uh, aroused uh, jealousy, envy, where they were inconsiderate, where they were judgmental. And they came up with a sane sex ideal and then a relationship ideal. And then it, they admitted all this to someone. They looked at their character defects that caused these, this wrong uh, thinking, their selfishness, self-centeredness, dishonesty, intolerance, pride anger, envy, we have a whole list. Um, and then they are willing to have God remove that and change them in seven, and then they want to practice that all the time. And then they were willing to make amends to anything they had harmed, if, as long as it didn't make things worse. And they were willing to make restitution to everyone and willing to forgive everybody they were angry at. And if they did that, as they're working through their amends, they're in the world of spirit. So that's what they did to keep in fit spiritual condition. Now, if, if you do that, I guarantee you, your life's gonna be better. 
And what we have now, unfortunately, is a watered-down message. Uh, we don't hear this a lot at meetings. This is what the book says. Keep in fit spiritual condition. How do I react? I react differently. And so my goal each day is to try to stay in fit spiritual condition by doing this deal. And so um, uh, that's the message that they had. It's all in that one line. This is how I react as long as I keep in fit spiritual condition. And to get in fit spiritual condition, they had to do one through nine and they're living in 10 and they just did what I talked about in that paragraph. So now we're gonna do one last paragraph and then I'll uh, shut up. I'm going pretty fast today. It's easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on its laurels. So if I let up on the spiritual program of action, I won't be in fit spiritual condition. You see how it all ties together? And then I'll react poorly. So I could say, oh, I'm Mr. AA, I'm great, blah, 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 and all that other crap. And if I don't do this, I won't be in fit spiritual condition, and I'll go to Walgreens and get bothered, I'll go to the bank and get bothered, I'll sit in the meeting and get bothered, I'll get bothered at home, I'll get bothered everywhere I go. Uh, anybody relate to that? It's easy to get bothered. Uh, I think if you've done it a while, you get bothered before you get rage. <laughs> I think when you're new, you get rage, you go right through bothered. But when you're here a while, you get bothered a little bit before you get the rage. And you have a higher level threshold of the thermostat. Julie thought that was funny, so I thought it was funny too. Uh, so I don't want to let up on my program of action. And actually what they're saying is what I did yesterday won't help me today. Now that's not really true. The more I do this, the closer I get to God and the more I recognize when I'm separated from God. And so there's a, there's a tremendous uh, advantage to keep doing it because you put a lot of barriers between you and the next drink. I heard somebody say, how much have you put between you and the next drink? How many steps? How much spiritual condition and then you can recognize much more quickly when you're not in fit spiritual condition but you don't want to rest on your laurels because if you do alcohol is a subtle foe and what does that mean alcohol is in a bottle how can it kill me well the thought of a drink will come to mind if I'm not in fit spiritual condition and I stay angry and fearful and disconnected from God at some point I don't know how long it'll take for each person but that idea of a drink will come. And it'll just come, and when it comes, there's nothing between you and it. So you don't want to get there, because you don't know when that time will come. And you don't want to be in that situation, because you'll have no defense. So it's kind of scary, because alcohol is a subtle foe. You can go along, you can have years, you stop doing this. It can happen to any of us. We stop doing this, we get back in self, we get separated from God. We're not in fit spiritual condition. We don't know when we're going to drink. That's why it's serious stuff. It says we are not cured of alcoholism. And then what I read is that when people say they're recovered, I didn't understand that. It says on the cover of the book, we recovered. Recovered just means you're in fit spiritual condition, but that's moment by moment. So if they were saying they're recovered, beating their chest and all that, they're in trouble. <laughs> because recovered is like in, this, in the airplane you can get off the recovered beam pretty quickly. And so you don't really, uh, you just want to recognize that it's a minute by minute, moment by moment relationship with God. It says we're not cured, what we have is a daily reprieve. Now cured means the disease is completely eradicated. 
I had patients who were in remission but not cured. I had people that were cured. Cured means you've killed every cell. Every cancer cell is gone. They don't exist anymore. Remission means that they're, they're not growing. We can't see them, the manifestations of the disease right now. But they're still there and they're waiting to grow. And like if you're a maintenance therapy that's suppressing them like the AA, then you keep it suppressed, you stop the maintenance and it breaks through. And if the maintenance isn't strong enough to protect you against the disease, the disease cells grow and you relapse. And so, so that, that's the deal. A daily reprieve, stay of execution. Think about that. Contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Now I've heard some people say these are the maintenance steps because of that word. Well, you're maintaining fit spiritual condition. And fit spiritual condition, to maintain that, you gotta do a lot of work all the time. And so it's, it's like if you're a runner and you're gonna compete in an event and you get to a certain level of fitness and you can do really well, if you stop working out, you're not gonna be able to do that again. And so fit spiritual condition means that you have to do it all the time. So the contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. So the maintenance of a spiritual condition, and you want it to be fit. You want it to be uh, uh, connected in the world of the spirit. You don't want to maintain a spiritual condition where you're separated from God, right? You don't want to do that. You can maintain all kinds of spiritual conditions, but the one you need is the one that keeps you in, connect, in the world of the spirit. No, it's good. I like that. Every day is a day. Every day. Not, not Mondays or Tuesdays. Every day is a day when I must. Notice this word. I must carry the vision of God's will into all my activities. I must carry it. It doesn't say you might want to think about it. Now, what am I going to carry? A vision of God's will in all my activities. Now, what is a vision of God's will in all my activities? Well, you can meditate on that. See, I actually meditate on these, these five pages. It doesn't take me long every morning because I'm lucky I have a very good memory and I've done this meeting so many times. I've read the book so many times I've got it almost memorized. But I meditate on each line. So what is, what is God's uh, will for me in all my activities? And I'm thinking of the vision and then occasionally self-centeredness will come in. You know, like I want Duke to win or, or uh, you know, I want uh, blah, blah, blah. And I have to stop because I'm in meditation. What is a vision? And to me, I keep it very simple. It's love and tolerance. I want to be loving, kind, patient, tolerant, considerate. And then I visualize what that means. It means wherever I go, I have to have a pause whenever I'm agitated or doubtful. So I tie it together with that line that John likes. We pause when agitated or doubtful. So uh, the vision of will for me is to pause whenever I get agitated or doubtful and ask God to give me the right thought action of being loving and kind. I kind of tie that together. And then it's how can I best serve God? Thy will not mine be done. Now here's something that's not discussed at meetings. When you come in here, you have the mind of an alcoholic, right? And we don't want, when you're thinking, it's a dangerous place, right? And say, say a mind, a alcoholic alone is, is in enemy territory with their mind. But now, when you've worked the steps and you're in fit spiritual condition, and you're carrying a vision of God's will all your activities, these are the thoughts that you can carry all the time. 
So now you can use your mind, you can use your thinking on how you're going to carry out God's will, how you're going to carry out that vision. You can use your thinking and your willpower for that. Your willpower, we can use all, all I want when I'm trying to serve God and others. And how can I best serve thee? But when I'm back in self, I don't want willpower for that. And so this is when you get your, your mind back, is on page 85. You carry the thoughts of God's will into all your activities. How can you serve God? His will not mine be done. And you can exercise your willpower along this line. All you wish, it's the proper use of the will. So what they're tying together now on page 85 in the world of the spirit is you're separated on page 60. On page 60, it says the first requirement to do step three is to be convinced that any life on self-will can hardly be a success. When I'm running my life on self-will and I'm carrying out my self-will vision each day, things don't go well. And now, on page 85, I'm in the world of the spirit. I, I, I practice God's will. It's a big difference. And that's the deal. Then you have a relationship with God. You have knowledge of God. You've had a spiritual awakening, a spiritual experience. There's something else I was thinking about. This awakened spirit means that you are now can see, you can see things with God. And when we watch with God, we have had a spiritual awakening because we're not, we're not asleep anymore. So I can watch when I'm separated from God. And I think that's all a spiritual awakening is, is to be able to see when you're separated from God and get back to God. It's not complicated. Then we'll do one more paragraph and we'll end it. Much has already been said about receiving strength. I want to receive strength inspiration direction from him who has all knowledge and power now this is a change for an alcoholic uh, i don't want strength inspiration direction for me anymore and i don't i i want i want uh to share experience with other people but i want my inspiration direction from god who has all knowledge and power and that's what we're seeking all day long in step 10. And then we're going to go follow through on that in step 11 on our meditations and prayers. And who has all knowledge and power? And so it just can't be me anymore. Now, you, there's, a, there's a problem here. I don't want to put my strength, inspiration, direction from other people. I don't want to be dependent on other people anymore because that didn't work either. So I have to make sure it's on God because it says dependence on other people. Uh, we have to have dependence on God. And it talks about that in the uh, chapter of working with others. Now, here's something that uh, nobody reads either. If I have carefully followed directions, it doesn't say carefully followed the directions in the book. Then I've begun to sense the flow of his spirit into me. And, and I don't know if, how, how you can explain that except you just feel different. You can have peace. You feel connected. You, you, I know that there's something I could go to that will help me. I don't feel alone anymore. And it's a sense of his spirit into us. And here's the deal. Here's another line that's not read. To some extent, I've become God conscious. Now, I thought about this. I've read this line a million times. But what it's really saying is I'm now awakened to the spirit. 
So this is what a spiritual awakening is. I'm conscious of God. And if I'm unconscious, I'm asleep. Pretty simple, isn't it? Just occurred to me last night, I'm slow. If I'm unconscious, I'm not awake to God. I'm asleep. And so some people talk about a spiritual awakening. I'm now conscious of God. And then, I really like that book, A New Pair of Glasses, and Linda brought some, and there are a couple in the back room uh, to read from Chuck C. And he says, our whole problem is conscious separation. We separate from the world and everything in it, and then we're out there, we're on our own, and then conscious contact. And so uh, conscious means you're awake. And so that's, that's the whole deal. That's the spiritual awakening. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense, the sixth sense of when I'm in the world of the spirit versus when I'm separated. So we have the other senses, but now you can sense when you're in the world of the spirit because you feel okay. You're at peace. And if you have a sense when you're not in the world of the spirit because you're bothered and disturbed. And it says we must go further and that means more action. So now that they've given you all this, then next week we'll pick it up with prayer and meditation. So should we stop here and talk about it's good stuff, isn't it? Very good. It's, uh, it's the whole deal. So now I have to figure out how to turn this off. I'm challenged, so...